my friend, you have found the Functioning Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Murray, life coach and author. I started this show to share life lessons and hot mess moments along with a few shenanigans to let you know you're not alone in this roller coaster of life. Each week, you'll get a solo episode or an interview to help you improve your self-confidence, create healthy relationships, or become a better parent. If you love what you hear, hit subscribe and I'll automatically show up in your downloads each and every week. All right, let's get on with the show. In this episode, we're going to talk about burnout. And you guys, I can't tell you how many times I have gone through this wave of burnout and I feel like it keeps coming up. It keeps resurfacing. It's just, I don't know, it's a big, it's a big thing and it's real. And so we're going to talk about it. And to actually have this conversation, I brought in Jen Davis, who's a burnout and confidence coach, so that we can talk about the topic of burnout and what it is and how, what causes it, how you can prevent it from happening again, because that's kind of where I feel like I am. I feel like it keeps coming and going and coming and going. So we cover that in this episode. And we talk about getting really in tune with what's going on with you, setting boundaries. There's so much good information in here and so many nuggets of wisdom. And I'm really excited that you're here and that you're able to get some of this great information from Jen. So Jen, a little more about her is that she is, like I said, a burnout and confidence coach. She helps women rediscover who they are from the inside out so that they can redesign a light that just lights their soul on fire. So she comes from a background of multiple burnout experiences in her past as a doctor of physical therapy. And she's here on the planet to take a stand against normalizing this streamlined soul sucking life and teach other women how to courageously blaze their own trail. Just hearing her mission makes me feel like she's a she's one of my people. I love people helping people and specifically empowering women because we do kind of get stuck in this burnout cycle and really the world glorifies it, you know, the more you do and the more you give, the more you're kind of like lifted onto a pedestal. And she we really talk about that in that this conversation today. So Again, I am incredibly grateful that she was a guest on my podcast. I know you're going to love her. She's speaking my language, so I know she's going to speak yours too. So without any more conversation, I want to get you into this episode with Jen Davis. All right. I am so excited. I am here with Jen Davis. She is a burnout and confidence coach. And when I found her, I was like, oh, I need that myself (laughs) because I feel like I'm in some ways, I'm totally killing it. And in other ways, I'm really burned out. So I'm really excited for our conversation today. So thank you, Jen, for being on the Functioning Hot Mess podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about you. How? Tell us who you are and then maybe even lead into how you became a burnout and confidence coach. Sure. So I'm Jen Davis. I am first a whole human with emotions and a physical body and a spirit. And I say that first because I have my own burnout adventure. I have really learned how to disconnect my identity from the roles that I carry out um, because those are things that can change. And when they have changed in my past, I have literally face planted as hard as I could 
And that has oftentimes led me to uh, this place of burnout and loss of identity and who am I and what the heck do I do now? Um, so I, I did have a few of those circumstances that had happened. I grew up as a really, really type A, uh, very achievement-oriented student athlete. I played college soccer and really learned how to become a perfectionist and a, like I said, a super big overachiever. Um, and while those qualities have really served me well and have allowed me to achieve tons of success, they have also backfired, <laughs> um, as I have seen retrospectively. So it had to take me to places of really massive burnout where I'm literally peeling myself out of bed in the morning saying, what am I doing? And is this really what life is going to be like for me for the next 40 years? Um, after I played soccer, I went to a physical therapy school. I tunnel visioned that career because it was safe and predictable. And I now have recognized that I was very socially conditioned to want to have a life that checked up all the boxes of comfort and stability mm -hmm. and predictability and a job that pays well so I could pay off my student loan debt and earn my time and then live. <laughs> Maybe if I have any energy left by the time I get there. Um, <laughs> and there has been a lot of wheeling and dealing, a lot of days of work as a physical therapist where all I wanted to do is just poke my eyeballs out with paper clips because that seemed more pleasurable than continuing to run myself into the ground in a way that did not feel good to me, that did not feel authentic to me. Um, when I coach and when I speak, I often say the word home. It didn't feel like home to me. Like, you know, when you arrive home and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I can breathe again. And like your whole body just relaxes and you feel comfortable and you can literally be your unfiltered, authentic self, mm -hmm. that is now what I truly embody and what I embrace. And I teach my clients to find themselves because everybody can find it. We just have to peel through all the layers of the social conditioning that we've learned to have the confidence to let it shine and to own it. Um, so that is what has led me into the coaching realm. That's beautiful. I love that. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about how many, how many of us, like, I feel like there's so many people who go down that path of this is a career that I could have forever. It pays well. It's stable. We really, there's part of us that really crave that. Mm -hmm. But then there's also some give and take with that. And we lose sometimes we kind of lose touch with who we are because that isn't really, we were after the stability, but not that particular work path. Mm -hmm. Do you think that just, just that, you know, how do you tell the difference between, am I just burned out from a career that I love or mm -hmm. am I in the wrong career? Yeah. It's, it's such an awesome question because um, one of the things I, I, I felt like I intuitively felt like we were going to talk about the different types of burnout today. Um, <laughs> yes. And here we are. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, you absolutely can find burnout in either direction. And when you are burned out in a career that you love, like, you know, you're in the right place. Maybe we just have to like 
correct how much time you're spending on work things every day versus um, play stuff. It's if you show up and you're doing the work that you love, really, like you love what you're doing when you're doing work at your work hours, you know you're in a career that is your calling, essentially. You are aligned in the work that you're doing with how you actually want to show up and serve in this life. The difference between that and then having that kind of like, holy shit moment, I think I made the wrong decision and I'm, I think I'm not in the right career and I, and I might need a change is you show up to work every day thinking about doing anything else besides the work that you're doing. Um, when you're thinking about the work that you have to do, you're automatically exhausted. You have zero motivation to do it. Um, you are, you kind of have a negative energy when you're in your workplace. Um, and you may not recognize it, but you're exuding it. Um, so it's just this really heavy stuff yes. on your plate. You don't have that excitement to show up, even though you're tired, you feel like you're 100% on a hamster wheel that you don't want to be on, but you can't get off of it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's how you, that's what happens if you actually have the motivation to show up to work. Some people, they're just like, that's it. I, I can't, I can't go there. I can't go back there today. I just have to stay in my bed and stay under my covers and just avoid it. Yeah. Because it's not the place that's calling me back home, but it's still, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know how to get out. Um, so there are two different types and it's really, when I show up to work, do I feel like I'm in alignment? Do I feel like I love the work that I'm doing or is it really a ton of work to even get me to my workspace, whether it's at home in your office now that we're in COVID or is it actually a physical space outside of your house? And still I hate every living second of it. Mm -hmm. yes. And I could see that, you know, some of that would change based on, you know, like you mentioned, whether you're working at home or in an office or, you know, I think some of that would be, what is going on? What's the environment? You know, mm -hmm. is it just that you're super upset because, you know, maybe you love the social part and now we're working from home and it's changed the dynamic of the work that you love. So right. some things might be temporary or some mm -hmm. things might be a little more within your control. But then it seems like sometimes things are a little bit out of your control. So one question that I have coming up is, you know, if if I am burned out at my work and I feel like I need a change, how do I know if I need a job change versus an in, just an internal change or mm -hmm. something like that? Because maybe I'm in the right career, but I don't know, there's just something not jiving. What do you, yeah. What would you say to people? Yeah, I would say it really takes a lot of intentional time of slowing down and really just sitting with it and asking yourself very intentional, very like deep reflective questions. What is it about my current circumstances and those altogether? Because like you mentioned, it could be uh, the social environment, the social environment or lack thereof. Um, that's really mm -hmm. taking away from the excitement of the job experience. Um, but taking all of the circumstances together, it's thinking, what are the things about 
my life right now that are really lighting me up and filling my cup? What are the things that get me excited to keep showing up to my job every day? If there is Mm -hmm. a thing, Mm -hmm. if there's not a thing, then you kind of know, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I, I am made for a completely different path and I need to pivot 180 degrees. Um, And then also, to the same extent, you're picking out the things that you really, really don't want to do, the things that feel like they're really draining your cup and making you uh, discontent with your current circumstances. It's it's kind of making a pros and a cons list about the the circumstances altogether. Um, And the other thing that I like to uh, ask people to do is get in touch with the emotional component of it. Like what are the feelings that I'm feeling at the moment? Um, Because a lot of Mm -hmm. our, our real experience is clouded by the emotions that we feel the the emotions we feel. And then therefore the type of blinders we have or the type of goggles we're looking through our life experience um, or at our life experience through. Mm -hmm. And if I can nail down what my, emotional experiences and really give myself space, give myself permission to feel all of it, to let myself know that it's okay to feel angry and bitter and resentful. Like all of the yucky feelings, we kind of been taught not to feel and we've been taught to just shove them somewhere else so they can't be seen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Be able to feel all of that and to call it out and then recognize this takes a little, this takes a lot of, a lot of guidance. It's a skill that we have to learn. Um, it's, it's very hard for us to intuitively do it ourselves, especially when we've been conditioned by a world that has told us not to do this. Right. Yes. So, um, if we can really, really become super clear on the emotions that could be clouding our perception or could really be influencing our current experience, then maybe that itself is the turnaround. Maybe it's like, oh, wait, I actually have everything that I want to uh, fulfill me in my job space, in my life space, because that's really what I teach you too. You can't separate your personal life from your work life. You're a whole human. You can't leave half of yourself at home, right? Um, Mm -hmm. If I can refine my emotional experience or just not refine it right away, but just notice, just notice and acknowledge, I can see um, if I'm, if it's really a change in perspective or me just calling out my emotions out and feeling them and then letting them go so that I can actually step into my workspace without this emotional, like big elephant in the room that's now clouding my experience or pulling me away from my joy. Um, mm-hmm. and feel if it is a negative emotion, I'm really feeling if it's frustration, why are you frustrated? Is it because there's a lack of social existence now? Is it because you aren't in alignment with the work that you're doing? So it's really, it's intentionally answering those questions and being able to pull out, is this my emotional experience that I need to just do a little bit of work on? Is this really the type of work that I'm doing that I'm actually not in alignment with? And now I need to dig deep and be brave and make a change. Um, or is it both? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's both. <laughs> um, so there's mm-hmm. a lot. That was a, that was a majorly loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, and you know, based on you know what you were just sharing, I actually had a thought of 
my own experience where I go through that. And that's one thing I feel it's, I don't feel like it's a constant. I don't, for me, my experience has not been like just total burnout and then total, I feel great. It feels more mm-hmm. like a, a wave, you know, I have mm-hmm. moments where I'm done and then moments where I love it. And one of the things I recognized based on what you were just saying was sometimes when I really sit back and allow myself to feel and allow myself to process and really kind of like, okay, what is really happening? Mm-hmm. I find out that there's actually something in my non-work world that needs a change. So mm-hmm. it can be as simple as turning on the music when I cook or because I get really tunnel vision in my work and I'm work, 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 and I'm like super focused, super mm-hmm. driven. And when I'm not working, I'm learning so that I have more content to share and I overdo it. Yeah. And Sometimes the the only thing I need to do is take a step back, turn on the music, or hang out with my friends, or just get away from my whole work environment, and then I feel refreshed. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Yeah. Some things don't have to be a major shift. For sure. For sure. To your point, too, I'm glad you raised that, and that really um, that caters to the uh, I'm in alignment with my with my work, but I'm I'm burned out. Um, type of burnout we're talking about, and the reason that happens, as you had described, is because we're all work, 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 and we're no play, 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 and we are so uh, we don't recognize it, but we keep emptying our cup more and more each day without giving ourselves time or space to refill it again. Mm-hmm. And you can't keep pouring from an empty cup, so. It's really important when you do feel that, when you feel like you've you've maybe gotten to the end of a workday or bar- you maybe barely even started a workday and you're already feeling really tired or you're feeling stagnant in your creativity, um, you know you have this massive to-do list, but you cannot come up with the energy to clearly tackle it, mm. then that's probably a very mm-hmm. large indication that your cup is way super empty and you have to just give yourself the space to to take a break, do something that fills you up for you. That sounded like it was listening to music while you're cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, it might be like literally just taking the day off and going on a solo adventure out in the mountains or whatever it is that they know fills their cup. And that's one thing too, is you have to know what rejuvenates you. You have to reflect and know these are my go-to fill my cupper events or experiences when I mm-hmm. feel like I'm I'm... I'm dead in the water and that's okay. You deserve a break. You're not made to just keep going, going all the time. Yeah. So what do you do if you're in a place where you don't know what fills you up? You know, it's been so long that you, you know, for me, when I became a mom, it feels like everything shifted and that became a really big focus. And I remember at one point I was like, I don't even know what music I like. I didn't know who I was. I had just really kind of gotten consumed in this whole other world. So what do you do if you have someone who is feeling burned out? They recognize that they're not investing time in themselves, but they don't know what they like. What would they do? Where would they start? Yeah. Oh my God. This is such a good question. (laughs) Um, To First, I have to say that it 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 like literally hurts my heart so much for the people who find themselves in this space because it's happened to me several times 
we've literally run ourselves into the ground that much where we've lost ourselves entirely. Um, so uh, when that happens, it's completely disorienting because um, we don't know what to do next. We don't know where to go. Um, we just know that we need we need fuel, but we don't know where to find it. And honestly, it's a lot of it's a lot of choosing to be still. And still might be uncomfortable because we don't have any structure or any distractions in that space. But it's the stillness and and tapping into this kind of inner voice that we have. And this inner voice we tend to shut off because we have a really, really large to-do list we're trying to tackle. Or we have voices outside of us that are asking us to do so many different things. And we might be people pleasers and we mm-hmm. keep running because people are asking us to. And by default, we just end up quieting the voice inside of us. So my biggest invitation and encouragement to the people I work with is to give yourself permission to sit still. And it might be uncomfortable, but allow yourself to sit in that discomfort and allow yourself to tune out all of the other voices and just start to hear and feel what your inner voice is asking of you. That's really where it's going to come from. You might remember like, oh my God, I, I really liked to paint. Mm. I remember when I was in college, I could, I could sit in a, a, a painting studio for literally six hours and just put on like instrumental coffee shop music and just paint. And it would be entirely therapeutic. And in my professional life, I don't paint anymore. But the more conversations I have about burnout, I'm like, oh my God, I used to paint and it was so fabulous. And I think I need to make more room for painting in my life. Yeah. Um, so it's letting yourself, it's letting yourself return to uh, those places that have felt like home to you in the past. Um, and also knowing too that you're an evolving human. So whatever did feel like home to you in the past, whether it was painting or going and adventuring in the mountains or sitting at a beach watching the waves crash or going for a run, whatever it might be, um, you can try it on. And if it doesn't feel right anymore, that's okay. You're an evolving human. You're going to grow and allow yourself to explore new things. If a friend asks you to go do something you've never done before, maybe that's the universe sending you a a bone or an open opportunity to say, here, I'm leading you to a new, a new thing that's going to fill you up. I'm just asking you to bravely step into it. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the task at hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, you know, I remember getting some advice like that years ago. And so I start going back to, you know, what did I like as a kid? What did I like when I was growing up? And I spent a ton of time riding horses. I, my friend had a ranch. I basically was another member of the family and we did a ton of horse riding things. So now as an adult, I don't have a ranch. I don't have horses. I don't know that that's going to be a direction I go currently. Mm -hmm. So I started looking even more deeply, like what else and what else and what else and trying to come up with even just one other thing. And I found that I, I kind of remembered that clear back in, I think I was in like fourth grade or something. I did a picture contest with just, I just used to take pictures with these little disposable cameras back then. And 
later I, well, when I remembered that, I actually signed up for a photography class. I got a camera. I learned how to use it, not on automatic settings and all of that. But it's funny because I did that. I started taking pictures and I forgot again. So I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and I was, you know, future tripping over a stressful situation. And she's like, take your camera. You love to take pictures. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I had forgotten again. So I think that even talking to a close friend who knows you and help, you know, having that conversation with them about what have I given up that I used to love? Am I missing something? Mm -hmm. Can be, you know, especially if it's the right kind of friend. You know, I don't want the friend who's going to tell me what I should be doing and have their own motivations (laughs) behind it. But, you know, I think sometimes we think we have to figure it all out on our own. Yeah. And there's people there to help us. Yeah. Oh, yes. And it's such a big way to carry thinking that we need to do it all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. As humans, we're made for connection, though. We are made to travel through this life together. So number one is giving yourself permission to ask for help and to lean on other people. But that's the other. I'm, I'm glad you brought up your friend because I was also going to say as well. The people who know you the best might also be uh, saying things to you um, that maybe you're not hearing uh, at the moment. And mm-hmm. um, I, I want to explain to as I mentioned, like when you're sitting with your inner voice, you're you're letting go of the voices outside of you, but those are the voices that are asking you to do 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 and go 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 and mm-hmm. um, potentially the guilt-driven voices that are are saying, well. If you don't do this, then this this negative consequence will follow, or um, those types of things. But on the other side of that, I'm asking you to also open up your ears to what your family, what your closest friends are saying. The same thing happened to me when I totally crashed and burned in um, PT school, and the guy that I was dating at the time, he said, "You don't paint anymore." Mm. When's the last time you painted? Like you used to be so happy when you painted. Yes. And I like I again I had to I had to actively open my ears and register that he was saying that and then be like, oh, now I can I'm, I'm gonna make more time for painting because yes, painting makes me happy. Um listening to to the other people and people who are not as emotionally sucked into it as we are. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. could be super, super powerful. Yes, I love that. So we've talked a little bit about and even just in sharing how we kind of go back and forth, like we we have a moment of burnout. How do we prevent it from happening so that we're not constantly on that roller coaster? Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, Boundaries is the Mm -hmm. simple, it's the simple response. Um, It's simple, but it's not easy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Reason being, because as we've talked about, um, a lot of people who continuously find themselves on this burnout roller coaster, roller coaster are people who are um, rooted in overachieving. They're rooted in perfectionism. They're rooted in finding their worth in productivity and a slammed calendar with no breathing room. and so it's one thing to recognize these are the things that fill up my cup. It's another thing to be able to uh, 
create space for those and firmly put boundaries into into place. And more importantly, most importantly, stick to those boundaries when you have temptations pulling you in the direction of burnout that you have continuously chosen in your past. Mm -hmm. I want to make that very clear. Burnout is a choice, right? It it feels Mm. like it's a consequence, but it's a consequence of the choices that we make. If I'm choosing Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's like a harsh wake-up call, but it's the one that I needed to be like, oh my God, I can change this. Um, So it's recognizing that I have been in burnout before because I have continued to choose packing my calendar and scheduling over time. I may have set aside for me time and for messy time to refill my cup without any sort of structure to live spontaneously. I have constantly over, I have constantly overridden that with spending too many hours or spending more hours at work, taking on another client, saying yes to somebody even though I already knew I should have said no before I said yes. I already felt that regret before I said yes, but I still said yes anyways. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's that process of slowing down to recognize what it is that fills your cup. Mm-hmm. Then courageously making room in your schedule and literally blocking it out so that nothing else can be scheduled over it. Um, you want to commit that time to yourself just as much as you would stay committed to a promise that you made to your partner in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't, what types of things would, would you schedule over that commitment you have with your, with your partner? If it's a, if it's a devoted commitment, very few, but most of us, we, we're so willing to override the commitment that we have to ourselves. Um, and that's how we end up at burnout because we cross our own boundaries. So the thing to remember is our boundaries are only as strong as how well we stick to them. And that's really where this the deep coaching work that I do comes in because I think enough of us can hear a podcast like this and we can put these, these steps into practice. Okay, I'm literally gonna give myself some space to slow down to find out what fills up my cup, decide I'm going to break up my schedule during the week and insert more of these times to fill up my cup. And then at the end of the week, I find out that I didn't do any of that because instead I scheduled over my time. <laughs> and I'm like, but why did yes. I do that? Like, why do I keep choosing that? And and it's a lot of, it's that social conditioning phrase that I brought up earlier. It really gets down to limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves or that we have about Mm -hmm. this life that we have on planet earth. The world Mm -hmm. has tried to pressure us to believe that we're confined in a box and we have to do this, this and this in in order to achieve a successful, fulfilled life. Um, Mm -hmm. So boundaries, 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 and then really, really learning what it's going to take to stick to them, to confidently continue enforcing them, and to courageously say no when you feel like Mm -hmm. you need to say no. Yeah, I love that because I see a lot of, um, particularly moms, because that's 
who I talk to the most, I think, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and dads, but I don't know. Anyway, I see it more with women. (laughs) But I see us putting, investing so much time in our children, which is not bad. And I'm not saying that it's bad. But what I see is Mm. I see us over scheduling our kids. But yet what that does is it overschedules us to be the taxi driver, to go to all the events, to, you know, and it's like, it's okay. Sometimes that boundary is I'm only going to put my child in two classes instead of three or, you know, we'll do one sport at a time or maybe only one sport season this year or whatever Mm -hmm. adjustments need to be made because Mm -hmm. I think we forget because absolutely our kids and our spouse, there are priorities, but when we overdo it with them, they can also very quickly become our resentment. Sure. And, you know, what do you say when you've got somebody that really does invest even just too much time in the taxi driving stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, where would mm-hmm. they start? Because they have commitments. What would you suggest? Yeah. If there's a way to delegate or to share the responsibility, again, ask for help. That is a quick way to do it. To your point of overscheduling kids, though, I would really challenge um the reflective thinking of why you're overscheduling mm-hmm. your kids in the first place. Yes. Um, do you, and so where is that, where is that desired overschedule I'm coming from? Are they actually asking you to be a part of all of these things? Um, do you potentially think that overscheduling them is, it's kind of nice because when you ship them off to somewhere else, like soccer practice or, um, or after school activities or whatever it might be, somebody else is actually looking over them at that point, and then therefore you get free time. But by the time you get home after carting them to point A, then you have to turn around and go pick them up so you can bring them to point B, right? Um, so thinking about to like taking a step back and saying, okay, no, I want to do this for my kid. Why is my kid asking me this, or am I potentially making that decision for them? Um, how is my schedule being affected if I put my kid in this commitment? Um, and then I'm going to poke the bear a little bit further because I think there's something beyond this too that um, could be super helpful. And as, as moms, I'm not a mom yet, but I really, really, really hope I will become one very soon. Um, <laughs> I as a mom and as a human, as a woman, a hardworking woman, I want a life that is slower, that has more play, more spontaneity, um, still potentially has a structure with goals and goal-oriented behavior. But given my own burnout experience, I don't want to continue burnout for me, but I also don't want to teach my kids that avenue either. So the, the really poking of the bear, the extra nudge here is if I know that a burnout life, an overscheduled life, an overcommitted life is not the life that I want to live, what good am I doing by demonstrating that to my kids and thereby showing them that this is the life they should be living later when they grow up? Because what I model to myself is what I'm going to model to my kids, right? Yes. Um, so it's that extra, it's going the extra mile to say, one, listen, 
really listen to your kids. Are they asking you to be a part of this? Are you giving them a voice to say, I want this or I don't want this? And two, is this type of life that I'm cultivating for them or I'm cultivating with them because I'm listening to them um, a life that could potentially keep modeling this burnout behavior that has gotten me stuck? Like, how can I change Mm. the story for them so that they don't arrive at the same place that has allowed me to crash and burn? Mm. Yes, I love that. Being a role model and recognizing, you know, sometimes we think that we're doing things so that our kids can have fun, which I think is very important. Mm -hmm. But also kind of like us, we start something because it sounds fun and over time we get burned out and so do our kids. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's, I love what you said because it's giving your kids the permission to tell you, I don't like this anymore. I don't want to play that sport anymore. I actually hate it or whatever they yeah. might say. But a lot of times our kids are very aware of of parents and they don't want to hurt our feelings. And, mm-hmm. you know, my mom's invested all this time in taking me to all these lessons. I don't want to, you know, be a waste of that or disappoint her when in reality they despise it too. And I love yeah. what you said about reflecting for yourself and then having that conversation with your kids and just creating a safe space to have that open dialogue, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. So I have a question. I know you are a burnout and confidence coach. What what does it like what is it like to be coached by you? Like what does that look like? I really want to get to know your story. I um, have a certification in NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming. Um, and that has given me the skills to really ask Um, very intentional questions to see how your own unique mind ticks. Um, When you tell me your story, when we dig into the layers, into the messy layers of maybe where your thought processes have come from, like your childhood, what kind of a a socially conditioned life you have been taught to live. um, That's when we really learn about the stories that are keeping you stuck. Um, and that's really the gold mine there is how do we rewrite the story? So working with me is I, I work in um, three month minimum commitments with my clients because it takes at least that long to really dig deep enough to create the type of essential transformation you need to get off that burnout train. Um, and we talk to each other one-on-one once a week. Um, There is a structure to the way that I coach because there are holes that I found in the burnout train that most of my clients fall into. For instance, like the people pleasing, the overachieving, the perfectionism. Um, It's really helpful to have some sort of structure. And most of us like that because that's where we have Mm. come from. Um, The flip side of that is we're trying to break away from from following a rigid to-do list, from following a method we've been taught. And so my goal is to, ta- uh, to teach you how to also tune into your own intuition and really, really become comfortable, proud of, and love the inner voice that is you. Because that voice is your home. 
it is the place that is going to keep leading you back home when your circumstances change, when the burnout hits and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm feeling that burnout feeling again. I think I need to listen to my inner voice so I can (laughs) go back home because I don't feel like I'm home right now. Um, So we work together as a team. And yes, I'm in the driver's seat to give you um, some really, really customized support and guidance to overcoming these mindset blocks, hurdles, the limiting beliefs, the the stories we keep telling ourselves that aren't true and that are um, beneficial to rewrite so that I can create more options for myself. But you're also in the driver's seat, right? I'm working with you. I want Mm -hmm. you to achieve this goal, this, this goal and dream life that you are purposefully planted on this planet to live and to fully embody. And that means I need to hear your voice. I need to listen to your story, what you want, what your dreams are, so that we can work together to create a plan that's going to actually help you get there. Yes, I love that. So I have a couple more questions that came up just as you were talking. Yeah, go for it. One of the things that I I thought of as you were talking about, you know, falling away from the method that we've been taught, do you find that you have fear there, a lot of resistance? Like, is that hard for people to get past? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And it is, it is my soulmate client. My soulmate clients are the people who I am 100% aligned with. Like, the universe has brought us together because we literally have souls that connect. Um, and my soulmate clients are people who, who are as rigid, as streamlined, as stuck in perfectionism and certainty and comfort as I was before I did all of the deep work with my own coaches to get to the other side of this. And I'm still working on it. I'm an evolving human. I I have deep, deep roots that tempt me to move away. Um, But the certainty part of it is definitely a big hurdle that we work together to overcome. And as I like to say, one of the benefits of having me as your coach is that when it does feel uncertain, when it feels like the earth is really kind of tumultuous underneath your feet, I am right there holding your hand along the way. And I am your sounding board. If you uh, start to doubt yourself, if you're feeling like I'm, I'm stuck in this rut between two different situations, part of me wants to go here, but part of me wants to go here. Okay, let's break it down. What's causing you to be pulled in one direction or the other? And is it the temptation of this life you've been taught, i.e. the people pleasing, overachieving, perfectionism, all that stuff? Or is it something that feels like home that you're being pulled towards, but it's uncertain and comfortable and, ooh, I really don't want to go there, but (laughs) maybe that's where the nudge needs to happen, right? Yes. Um, So uh, the, um, yes, the uncertainty is 100% a big component. And the biggest thing I teach is the power of letting go. And um, Mm. it is a beautiful, beautifully liberating skill to have. And we find out a lot of us the hard way um, that when we let go, it feels so much easier and so much more rewarding than the white knuckle gripping of trying to know every single step along the way and predict the outcome. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So where when people say, how do you let go? Where yeah. do you have them start with that? Because that's, you know, because, well, let's, let's be real. Like, if it's easy to let go, it's not an issue. We mm-hmm. don't have that problem. It's the mm-hmm. stuff that really matters that, that causes that internal, ah, yes. I'm freaking out right now because, you know, how do you coach them through that? What, what do you suggest they do when that's what they need to do is let go and they just don't know how? Yeah. Um, I first ask them to really reflect on why they're feeling pressure to hang on. Mm. What is it that is keeping the white knuckle gripping a thing? Is it if I let go, then I feel super out of control and um, therefore the uncertainty is there even more or I might fail? Or what if I'm not good enough? What if the result is not good enough? What if, what if I chose the wrong path? What Mm, if that's a big one, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And, and when we talk about receiving an abundance and the universe kind of throwing us bones and opening doors up for us, a lot of things that I felt that I hear in my clients as well as well, I feel like I have a couple of doors open right now, but I don't know which one is the right one to take. So it's oh, like, yeah. like what if I what if I went through the wrong door? But it's coaching, it's coaching beyond that to say, okay, what if you did? What's the worst thing that could happen if this was the wrong door? And most of mm-hmm. the time it's empowering them to believe that they have the power to change their mind and to turn around and to start over again. And that doesn't mm-hmm. make them a bad or less worthy or less loved person. It was a really valuable mm-hmm. learning experience. And then also to think, well, if I let go and I kind of blindly follow this intuition that I feel like is pulling me to this place called home, even though I can't really see what the outcome is yet, what is the best thing that could happen? Because where we focus our energy, that's where our attention goes. That's where the abundance flows. So if I can think more about what's the best thing that could happen here? What is this bigger plan that everybody says is already in place for me that is so much bigger and better than I could ever imagine? Oh my God, I'm excited to go there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really trusting. At the bottom of it, it's trust. It's trusting that the universe or any power that you believe in that is greater than you um, has your back. And as long as you tune into that inner voice, that voice that is telling you where home is, you're on the right path and the universe always has your back. It's asking you to follow that voice because that is the way that you follow the path that is right for you, not what the world has told you Mm -hmm. is right for you. Because you might have a different path. Everybody has their own path. So if you can listen to your inner voice and really follow that place where home is, you're stepping through the right door. Yes. And if it means you have to turn around and and change and begin again, it was a massive learning experience. Okay, been there, done that. I know I'm not going to do that again. So I'm going to find it. I'm going to go to to plan B. And that's cool. I just learned a Mm -hmm. crap ton about that situation in myself. No harm done. Absolutely. 
And you've also added the the other lesson that the world didn't end because you made the wrong choice. Yes. And so now here we are, okay, reroute, go a different way. And you now have that to reflect on and say, okay, I have made the wrong decision before. And guess what? Here we are. And yes. now I get to choose again. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So good. Yes. The world did not end. You did not die. Nothing really, really awful happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of brand new opportunity to start over again. Yes. I love that. Well, Jen, before we start getting into how people can find you, is there anything else that you want the listeners to know? I really, really want each and every person that I could possibly reach to know that the dreams that are in their hearts are dreams that they are meant to live. Those dreams were not placed in their heart by accident. And the dreams could be a job change. It could be a, some sort of a bigger life change. Um, it could really be anything. But those dreams, the things that are keeping you thinking, I know I was made for more. I am on this journey to find that home for myself. Those dreams were not placed in your heart by accident. They were placed inside of you because you were the one that was chosen to stand in that light and to shine it. And so it's super important to listen and to embrace and most importantly to believe that you are worthy enough to live all of it because you can. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that you are speaking my language through this whole <laughs> conversation. I yes. you know, I just I'm a firm believer that our heart knows. And when we fight it, we have that internal chaos. And when we follow it, things work out. And I just really feel like that is kind of what this whole discussion has been about is Mm. being true to you, following your heart. And I think a lot of times it's that can really help solve a lot of our problems. We we get in our own way. And then I love the idea of having a coach to help through this as well, because Mm -hmm. it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, to get back to the busy, to the grind, and having someone to help steer you and help keep that in the forefront of your mind is just so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. The power of a coach is that they can help us see the things that we are blind to or we don't yet have the awareness to recognize and to bring to our forefront. And the coach is likely somebody who has been on this journey themselves. So they've already Mm -hmm. tackled the road bumps and the curveballs that you are facing. And rather than you going through the repeated trial and error or burnout cycle after burnout cycle on that just awful nauseating roller coaster, they can help you avoid the curveballs and the road bumps a little bit better and to get to your end goal of living a life that allows you to be true to you and follow your heart and be happy and serve others all at the same time. They allow you to get there faster than you ever could by yourself. You could still get there, but you could save years Years of the burnout train. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. 
So if they are interested in finding you, contacting you, where do they go? They can find me most easily on Instagram. My handle is I underscore am underscore Jen Davis. Um, And then I think they'll be able to see my name um, somewhere. Um, And then you can really, you can send me a DM and just share your story. Just pop in to say hi. I also have a website. It's uh, www.jendaviscoaching.com. And there is a little contact box that they can fill in if they want to reach me to ask questions or to book a consultation call. All of that is accessible on the website. Awesome. And I will make sure I have all those links um, in the show notes so that they can just click on there and find you really quickly and easily. Well, Jen, thank you so much. I have truly enjoyed this conversation. This has been so much fun. And I know my listeners are going to love you because I absolutely love everything that you said. (laughs) I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So thank you again so much for being on the Functioning Hot Mess podcast. I truly appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. She's great, right? I just absolutely loved her. I love her philosophy on life. I love how open she is and how confidently she shares her beliefs her discussion, the little bits of comments about the universe and feeling connected and it throwing you a bone. I just love when people share their hearts so openly and especially for all of you and for me. I know there are so many things just from this episode that I'm going to take and apply to my life because just like you, I get burned out. I get tired of things And I wonder, is it time for a change or do I need to completely do a a total overhaul or do I just need to take some time for myself and fill my cup? So I really hope that this conversation served you as much as it did me. And if you want to follow up with Jen, make sure you check the show notes. I will have all the links in there for her so you can find her really quickly. And I will be back in your downloads next week.